Hey, this is Mark. This is Kendrick. And this is Movies in Black and White. We need like that score for this. Classic Nolan filler. You know, for not being filmed by, or not filmed, but scored by Hans Zimmer. Right. That music was on point. And that's what he said he wanted to do is have a fresh perspective. He said, you know, love Hans Zimmer. Wanted to have him done, but it's been like you don't want to say Hans Zimmer's been done to death in those type of movies. Well, Hans Zimmer, but he's consistently gives you new, fresh stuff. Right. He does. So, but I can understand that too. Want to change it up a bit? Yeah. The guy that did the music for Tenet was uh, Ludwig Göransson. Right. Guy that did the music for Black Panther. Mm-hmm. God, I love the Black Panther yeah. music. So that's oh, yeah. he's an awesome. Yeah, he's, You know, uh, they wanted to go into more uh, tech. Savvy direction. Oh, okay. Futuristic kind of direction well, with it. Fits it fits so, for this movie. Yeah, it fits very well. Because this movie is uh, it's a little... It's, it's not convoluted, like most people would have you think. It's pretty straightforward. Once you pay attention to the through line, you can figure out all the other layers that interweave into it. Right. It's, it's a pretty sound, easy-flowing story once you piece the pieces together. And it's a very realistic time travel movie. Yes. Uh, you know, was time travel even the right word for it? it? It it's more like in well, they call it inversion. Yes. I mean, which you know, you look at the uh, scenes of the movie, and on one side you have the person going forward, one side you have the person going backwards, and the the concept is you have to go backwards the same amount of time as you go forward yeah. to arrive at the same spot. Right. And that makes so much sense compared to some of the other, you know, movies we've seen. So what you're telling me is <laughs> Endgame and Back to the Future is bullshit? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> die Hard? Wait, Die Hard is not one of them. Instantly <laughs> arriving at one point in time, you know, this makes a, a bit more sense because it's more of a conservation of energy. Yeah. Well, yeah. the, the premise alone is just a solid, cool... It's a classic Nolan premise. Something right. you're not expecting, and it's got twists and turns, and a spy thriller was the perfect genre to set this story yes. in. Yes. Because it feeds into itself the whole way through. Because in spy movies, you're used to the twists and the turns, except the twists and the turns in this one is when the time flows backwards, it's feeding into its own twist as it goes, and exactly. you're just like, holy shit, what just happened? Yeah, it's it's... I mean... It is not a simple movie, but it is not as convoluted as people said it was. I, I think it was, you know, upon... I want to watch it again and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, watching it the first time, it was like, okay, you can follow along with what's happening. And then there are some reveals at the end that, you know, really cinch in yes. the meaning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a classic Nolan flick, so it's very well put together. Right. It's extremely well orchestrated with not only the music, but the cinematography, the story, everything. Everything just meshes perfectly together. The cast is awesome. John David Washington is the dude. Yeah. He is awesome. I think he's, you know, I was watching the movie and I was sitting there going, man, there's so many Denzel moments. He does have that Denzel smolder to him. Walk, that swagger, everything like that. I mean, you know, I know he he wants to carve out his own niche, and he is. He's really doing a very good job of it. But there's nothing wrong with leaning into what made his dad so great. (laughs) Leaning into Denzel? Yeah, right. (laughs) Oh, I don't want that. No. If nobody (laughs) had ever told me that he was his son, I don't think I would have picked up on it. Right. I mean, the name, the last name, it's like, yeah, it's Washington. Okay. I didn't really piece it together and then once i realized he was denzel Sons, i saw the 
similarities. Oh, I'm yeah. like, holy crap, that is his son. Like, they look identical. The cadence in his speaking, yes. I mean, it, it, he's a lot of similarities. But yeah, uh, him, he and Robert Pattinson oh, just gosh. do a marvelous job you know, of I am playing off of each other. complete 180 to compare oh, it to how I used to yeah. feel to Pattinson. I used to uh-huh. despise him up there with Zac Efron. Right. And now, oh, wow. I love Zac Efron and I love Robert Pattinson. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're well, two of the coolest They've grown dudes. up. Yeah. They've grown up. Number one, they've been able to uh, stand a test of time in Hollywood. Right. They've sat back and said, okay, you know what? We were kids yeah. when we did these teeny bopper... Just whatever movies. I mean, yeah. Twilight, you can't, can't you may not him. like it, but you can't take away its success. No, and you can't um, fault him for it because that's right. what literally made his career. Exactly. So if he didn't do that crap, then he wouldn't be where he is today and we wouldn't exactly. get to enjoy him and the movies we're going to enjoy him in, i.e. the Batman. Right. You know who was in this movie that it took me way longer than it should have to realize he was in it? Ooh. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Did you know he was in it? No. Oh my Aaron god, Taylor really? Johnson. He okay, so I didn't recognize yes. him until they were doing the um the the pre pre task talk where they were getting ready to go down their mission. He's the one with the beard. He's Ives, the oh, one that was yeah. going on the suicide mission with yes. the protagonist. I was like, Holy Dude, shit. Dude, he is jacked in this movie. He's unrecognizable. He's unrecognizable. And the beard I thought and that, the muscle. You know what? I thought that was him for a minute, yep. but I was like going, Nah, it's just a guy who looks like him. Yeah, yeah. he is jacked in this freaking movie i, I forgot he was in it and then i was i saw him i'm like damn that i leaned into my wife i was like that that's alien terry johnson she goes who i'm like quicksilver and she goes uh mm-hmm. and then the credits came up i'm like see i told you i was like once i saw they got a close-up of his eyes he goes, yeah <laughs> i was like oh there he is like yeah. that's him that was i was like oh my gosh yeah he's he was great in it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, his part was well. The really whole cast wonderful. was awesome. And like one of the big complaints I heard before I went into this movie was that Kenneth Branagh overplayed his villain role. No. Highly disagree with that. <laughs> no, he played it perfectly. He, he put... was he was intimidating. He was just charismatic. He yeah. was evil. Like you could exactly. tell, exactly. He was dude. everything he needed to be for that role because yeah. he, you know, at certain points in time, he was this. Always something smoldering right underneath. Mm-hmm. It was always, you know, you don't... He was the typical bad guy. Right. You don't want to piss him off. He can be decent. He can, you know, have his classy moments and all this. But then you piss him off, he's going over the edge. Right. He's going off the hook. No, he didn't overplay that part. No, not no, at all. I thought he was great. And then in your typical staple Nolan film, you had Michael Caine, who continues yeah. to make less and less of an appearance in these movies, like right. less and less of a huge role because he's just getting up there getting in old. age. Yeah. I mean, how old is Michael Caine now? Do you but know? still, man, he's Michael Caine. He's, he's awesome. eighty-seven years old. Golly! But dude. for what he gets, he does awesome. And him playing against John David Washington was probably one of my favorite scenes, scenes. in the movie. Yeah, it because was. he's like, "Do I can recommend a few good tailors for it?" And he goes, "Why do you all think you have the market cornered?" And yeah, he exactly. comes out with this flashy suit, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's pretty mm-hmm. swagger right there." Awesome. He's a you know, the whole cast was just from top to bottom. I couldn't pick yeah. out one character I didn't like, and no, there were no weak performances. No, I mean, not even a little bit. And the story, like we said, just made sense all the way through. Right. And I'm also one of those people that I loved Inception. I had I no problems following it. I could have seen that movie once and still remembered every plot mm-hmm. beat to it, even though watching it again lends into like trying to find the little minute details. Right, I'd really. It's not a movie I can go back and watch and be like, oh, I missed that the first time. It's like, no, I paid absolute attention to that movie. This one's the same way. It's right. actually a little easier to follow than Inception. It was because easier it's to follow not than Inception. as so many layers as Inception. I agree. 
And I told my wife as we were walking out, I was like, one of my biggest pet peeves is hearing people go, oh, I didn't understand the movie. I'm like, did you not just watch the same movie, movie? I watched? Pain. And then right as I was going to tell my wife that, my wife goes, I need to watch it a second time. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Please don't be that person. <laughs> I was like, I really don't want to get these divorce papers ready. Hey, man. <laughs> I'm just Easy, man. It's a joke. It's a joke. But then she's, I was like, why? She goes, I just want to go see it again, see if I missed anything. I was like, so you understood the plot? She goes, yeah, I did. I was like, oh, thank God. And then yeah. as we were having that conversation, we walked by somebody goes, man, I didn't understand that movie at all. I need to go watch it again. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. just punch me. Just knock me go out. Go do now. it. Go watch it again. It's, I mean, it is a well put together movie, like we said. Well acted. Yes. And I, I just, like you said, it just makes sense. And it's a fresh take on our idea of time travel. You know what the part yeah. I liked the most about that movie was? John David Washington's character did not have a name. He didn't have a name. He was no, just the, the protagonist, protagonist the yeah. whole movie. And that's, that's what they referred to him as. That's it. That was... And they didn't, like, wink in your face about it. It was just straight right. up, Like, he has like, no name. He has no name. guy is literally... We're not going to name him. So, And that helped, you know, with uh, the twist at the end. Yeah. To just go, okay, yeah. I got it. I got why. He's... He's... He killed it in that role. Like, I heard a rumor the other day that... He's being recommended to play John Stewart for Green Lantern. Oh, that's and I was like, man, good. that is that would be a solid pick. Like he would be really good. He would be good in anything. I think he may be one of the few people that if they decide to recast Black Panther, that he could potentially step into those shoes and I do mean, a, a almost a par job. Yeah, because there's no replacing yeah, Chadwick Boseman, but he's he could good. he could do a solid job. I agree. I think that would be a a good call when it's time. But yeah, uh, John Stewart Green Lantern. Yeah. I, well, John Stewart's a big know, bulky yeah, dude. Exactly. Uh, he, That's what I'm saying. Bulky, but he's. I would want to pick someone a little bit different. Yeah, but would you have picked Chris Evans for Captain America until you saw how until Jack saw he, got? he got? Jack, yeah. I mean, so he could do grief. the same thing. He can. I be, he, well, in Ballers, he was a, in good shape. Right. He's in really good shape. I don't know. You know, Jack would be the word, but I, he was in good shape. But yeah. I mean, we'd have to see that. I'd have to check that out. Right. But yeah, getting back to this movie, you have the protagonist, which is John David Washington's character. He uh, is part of an elite team, and he's they're sent into this opera house to thwart, thwart this. They think I think they think it's an assassination attempt or a terrorist. Well, they're getting out. They're getting out one of their um, operatives. Right. It's a guy that was undercover, and they think that he's been. Compromise. Compromise. So yeah. they're going in to save him. He's a CIA agent, and they go in, and then it turns into a shit show really quickly. And he ends up getting saved by a inverse bullet, which is where the bullets come back come. into the gun. Right. And he doesn't know exactly what's going on, but after the whole thing, he ends up getting captured. And instead of giving up information, he pops a cyanide Sign pill after they die. pulled out all his teeth. teeth. Yeah, that, that blew crazy. my mind. I was like, oh. I was like, oh, for real? They put on all the TV? <laughs> and they yeah, show they it, because obviously it's a PG-13 right. movie. But once they said that, we just fixed your jaw and put back all your teeth. And I was like, it's like oh, oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> you really did that. That's like, not good. literally went there. But he ends up getting drawn into a group called Tenet, a secret organization that's stopping right. the inversion of time and people doing that so they can prevent the end of the world. It's not World War Three. Like they hinted at in the trailers, it's Correct. the literal end of, end time, of time in the world. Yes, and it's all it's because that the future doesn't want us to live 
So that way, global warming and that stuff never happens. Right. They think that by destroying the past, they will save their future. <laughs> like, which wait. really doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that's that's huh? the only part. It's like, okay, a large group of people in charge thought this. Well, you know. <laughs> Maybe they know something we don't, yeah, but whatever. But, but they're not going to let them take that chance. No, exactly. And then that's where the mission comes into play of him finding out where all the inverted bullets and everything's coming from, and that's when Kenneth Branagh's evil villain comes into play, mm-hmm. and then the story just takes off from there. One of the coolest scenes was when they crashed the airplane into the hangar. Yes. That was real. Yeah. They literally got a Boeing right. and crashed it into that building, right. and I watched a set video of Nolan prepping for that and everything, and it was, you could tell. It was intense. Real. Like, yeah. it was intense, it was cool, it was bombastic. I mean, it's not as... As big of an explosion as like the CGI elements would have no, you believe, exactly. but it, you can tell it was real. It's, it's like, damn, that was that was real, right? And then once you start to get into the more inversion territory, and they start traveling back through time, the puzzle the puzzle pieces start to fill into place, and you're like, holy crap! Yes, like does. this is, it's like the coolest part was when he first comes out of the inversion area, yeah, and it's like a turntable where he comes in, he goes in normal, and then he comes out inverted, and Correct. you see them walking, walking out. out. It's cool yeah. where, how they did that. But he comes out and the birds are flying backwards and the right. dust is coming back to the ground. Right. And I was just like, this shit is Puddles trippy. are going the opposite direction. And they have to be on breathing air the whole time because the inverted the, oxygen couldn't go into their lungs. Correct. It would kill them. I was just like, holy shit, they thought of everything. Yeah, they did. I, you know, when he first, you know, was fighting the guy in the... The suit. The suit. Yeah. And you're sitting there going, okay, who's this guy, this guy? And you go, oh, wait a second. That's him. Yeah, beat the shit He's fighting himself. himself. Yeah, that was a cool was crazy. fight. Yeah, it was. Cool and then fight. how he started bleeding backwards because right. he got shot at the, the end of their fight the original exactly. time. And I don't think we can praise Robert Pattinson enough for his portrayal as Neil and like how you could tell the dude knows stuff, but he doesn't, but let, he doesn't on let on until on. it's time oh, for him to let on. It was and then amazing. even then, he still got more to tack on as the story right. goes. And it was just, oh my God, he kills it. Like Robert Pattinson thoroughly killed it in yeah, that role. Yes, he did. Him and John David to Washington really played off well from each other, too. I think, uh, you know, it was... In that way, I kept looking at it as a very serious men in black. Yeah. <laughs> because it was yeah, like... that. You know, he... Neil's the, the Tommy Lee exactly. Jones, except he's young. He knows a bit of stuff. And then you have John David Washington, who's... I don't know what's going on. But I know what's going on. Because Man, he played it off. Like, yeah. He was always in charge. Even though when he wasn't, he always yes. like, I'm in charge of this. Yes. Like, damn. Yes. I think it would. this movie would do well with a sequel that kind of further explores their relationship. Like, him and Neil's relationship and, like, how it came into being originally and how he... The protagonist kind of sets up Tenet more and more. The, as time a prequel, goes on. more or less. Fight, yeah, a yeah. prequel sequel. Yeah, because this movie would land in well to that. First, yeah, yeah. You can go forward and backward in time. It, that's so. yeah. So yeah. it would no technically doubt. be a sequel, but it would also be a prequel. Mm-hmm. The inversion in this movie really fucks with your mind the more and more you think yeah. about it. I mean, you know, reversing the temporal energy of objects. <laughs> what was really cool is when the car exploded. With him in it, and you're oh, like, yeah. well, how the fuck has he survived that? Well, because it was going Frost. backwards, instead of it <laughs> flashpointing, it, like, froze. And exactly. it caused him to get hypothermia. And I was like, wait, oh, yeah, yep. okay, that makes sense. It's like that's, inverted. Wow, that's wicked. And then the final battle at the end, I think it was cool, but it could have been just a little cooler. Like, it was just, it kept swapping in between 
too much where it's like okay i agree here's the in the, the inversion is happening at the same like they did a pincer movement right where the inverted people were attacking at the same time the normal people were so some people were running backwards other were running forwards and they kept swapping between them and explosions were happening and then unexplosions were happening like the coolest right. part was when they shot a building and then unshot, unshot it at the it. same yeah. time to make it, it collapse i was neat. like that was wicked cool. Fucked with my brain a little bit, but that was pretty dope. Yeah, that part was really nice. Uh, yeah, and, you know, seeing them be able to get to their goal and have, within the nick of time, yeah. uh, be able to save the day. Literally the nick because, of time. Because, you know, uh, the Kenneth Branagh's wife in the movie is getting ready to kill him. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you can't kill him until... We get this done because it's is uh, the trigger is uh, yeah. set to his. It's a uh, dead man switch. Yeah, it's a dead man switch. It's set to his heartbeat, so can't kill him yet. And she's like, "Yeah." So I don't the, like him. His enough. wife was played by Elizabeth Debicki. I think I'm saying that right. Correct. She's this. Oh my god, she's my age. Ooh. She's uh, she played Aisha in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume mm-hmm. Two. Yes. Um, the only part that bothered the gold me, queen. <laughs> yeah, the only part that bothered me about her character was when her and the protagonist were kind of like having their flirting moments, mm-hmm. and she's so much taller than him. Yeah, I was like, wait, <laughs> something doesn't look right here. Like she's so oh, much like, taller hey. than him. Like that just seems off to me. I climb that mountain. <laughs> I climb that mountain. <laughs> yeah. How tall is she? She's really tall, man. She because John was in Washington. She's my height. Wow, she's six three. She's six three. Whoa. As a tall woman, because yeah, I was going to say no John, doubt. Wayne, John Wayne, David Washington isn't, isn't that a short, short guy. No, no, not at all. Wow, she is super tall. Yeah, that threw me off. That really threw me off when I saw the height difference between them. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Holy crap!" Like, there's no, there's no fixing that. Yeah, there's no, no post production. No, not at all. You can't even do it like on set. Sometimes she's going to play uh, Princess Diana. Uh, I think so. Oh wow! Yeah, she'll next play Princess Diana and. Netflix drama series The Crown. Oh, okay. Taking cool. over for Emma Corrin. Oh, I think she's re- in the final two seasons. Oh, okay. So, huh? Interesting. This yes. movie. This movie's making its money too. For oh, yeah. the first, what would it just came out last weekend? Right. That was right. its first full right. weekend. It already made a hundred and fifty million dollars on a budget of two hundred million. And with theaters being closed. Well, not closed, but limited. But limited. So like, yeah. When we went, the theater was more packed than when I went and saw New Mutants. Okay. But it was still pretty empty because of the way they stagger seats and well, everything. Exactly, yeah. But I think they had a few more show times. Okay. Just yeah. so they get more people in and out. And I think people are willing to go to the theater to see this. I think so too. Now I mean, what I did say come would come to pass has come to pass. What's that? They a lot of people got that movie pirated and torrented because of the fact uh, it came out beforehand yeah. in other countries. Right, right. That they're having those issues. Very like that was problems. a big problem yeah. that I was reading an article on. I imagine. But you were saying? But yeah, uh, you know, it was good to see it on the big screen. It needed to be put on the big screen. Because, I mean, you know, Nolan has a flair for, you know, cinematography greatness. Yeah, he does. Well, he's worked with the same cinematographer for years and years, I think. He keeps using the same one over and over again, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah, he's... uh, His name's Hoyt Van Hoytema. I may have butchered that. Oh, okay, so no, I lied. He's been he did it with Dunkirk and Tenet. Before that, it was with the guy that did um, what was that Johnny Depp movie, where his brain became one with the internet and like he, 
Was it Johnny Mnemonic? No, it wasn't Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah. It was, uh... Oh! Oh, yeah, the one, um... Uh, where he... Downloaded his consciousness into... Yeah, because he was robot. dying from cancer. Yes. Yeah, what was that movie? Uh, Johnny Depp was, uh... Oh, crap. Oh, man. <laughs> it's right on the tip of my tongue. It man. is, no, really. The... The cinematographer's name was Wally Pfister. He directed okay. that movie. And they had done quite a bit together. Um, they had done the Dark Knight trilogy together. Memento. Inception. The Prestige. He directed Transcendence. Transcendence. That's what that go. movie's called. That was a weird movie. It was odd. But it was pretty cool, the concept. Because he, you know, worked on uh, mapping his brain, mapping his neurons. Mm-hmm. And just was able to pull it off. It was... But then, you know, understanding that he had complete control over everything. Right. It's like, oh, now I'm going to have to be a supervillain because, you know, ultimate <laughs> power. It's It blows my mind, Nolan's filmography. Like, he went from Memento to a movie called Insomnia, mm-hmm. which I've never seen that one. Um, it had Al Pacino, yeah. Rob Williams, Hillary Swift. It was, up in the, it. It was set up in the uh, Arctic. Was it? Up north, yeah. But he went from those two to just... Fucking killer movie after killer movie. He went Batman Begins, The Prestige, The Dark Knight, Inception, Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar, Dunkirk, and Tenet. Like each one, he just he keeps builds up. He, now I mean, no down, downturn for this. Yeah, guy. I mean you know, Tenet's probably third or fourth best movie. Yeah, he's done, I, I think. would agree. For me personally, Interstellar, Interstellar is my number one good. just because was, I I love yeah. that movie. But and then I would say. I'm always a toss-up for me between Batman Begins and Dark Knight mm-hmm. because I love Batman Begins for what it is and how it lends more itself to the superhero genre right. and setting up Batman. And then I also love the Dark Knight for Heath Ledger's performance oh, yeah. and the realism of Batman in that movie. Exactly. So it's kind of like a catch-22 with that. So they're kind of neck and neck for me. And then, obviously, Inception and then Tenet. Like, I can't say I like Tenet more than Inception. Yeah, I wouldn't say that either. So it's like third. It's like fourth. Because, I mean, you look at the concepts of, you know, Interstellar, Inception, and uh, Tenet. Yeah. All have to do with, you know, basically looping things within themselves. Well, it's a very high concept. You know? It always is with him. And it's, you know, I I appreciated, you know, like you said, Interstellar because it's like, oh my gosh, you know, the idea of wormhole travel. And, oh, yeah. You know, time travel in that sense. You know, in the passing of time and Technically how the time Technically, they weren't time-traveling. It was just the way that space was folding yeah, around them, like, which was yeah. amazing. You know what's crazy? Is Nolan spent 20 years coming up and conceiving and writing this movie. Wow. He spent his literally almost his whole career planning wow. this movie. Isn't that crazy? It really how, is. How they have things working in the background, even though they're making these block other blockbusters. They always... That's, that's just the beauty of the art form itself, is right. while they're doing something... Something may trigger an idea, and they hold on to it, and then they just kind of build upon it. Yeah. And then they use whatever they learned from that previous one to move on to the next one, do it bigger, better, or just different. You right. know, it's always blown my mind, and it, it's just tantamount to Nolan's skills as a director that he can continue to just keep doing Pumping something out. different yeah. and keep moving forward and not really looking back. I mean, the only movies that were really similar to each other was the Dark Knight trilogy. Right. But even then, each one was different in its own aspects. Right. But fed into each other. Yeah, I agree with that in, in part. I agree, uh, you know, like I said, the themes of Interstellar and Tenet and, you know, Inception, 
right. are those, you know, that mind-bending idea that gets you to really try to think about, okay, what if this really could happen? Or right. is this, could this possibly be the case? You know, it's pretty neat. This movie's sitting at a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I feel is a little low. I could see this movie the mid to high 80s. Oh, really? Yeah. I can, I mean, 75%. Yeah, with that, the... That's a little low to me. That's like, I mean, I don't know. I always feel like Nolan puts in a lot more effort than he's usually given credit for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and... like you said, though, at the beginning of the podcast... There's a lot of people who just sit back and go, yeah, we wanted to see it, but uh, we're kind of right. not understanding it. Yeah. So people. that's where I think the score comes in at, in score for some of his other movies, too. You know, like that. So, Well, what boggles my mind is that everybody's always so excited to see a Nolan movie, mm-hmm. but they never quite understand the Nolan movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, how does that work? Like... It'd be like me saying, oh, I'm so excited to go see Justice League. So who who is the Justice League again? What is that Iron Man? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean. Okay, case in point. Har- uh, Birds of Prey is yeah. singing at 78 on Rotten Tomatoes. That's crazy. Kiss my white ass. I think that's crazy there. Absolutely. That, that should not be at 78% on Rotten no, Tomatoes. Not even Not even bit. close. I, I, no, not even close. I... Don't know how that happened. Oh, that's what I was going to say. The part that also boggles my mind, bothered me the most, was everybody's comparing it to Nolan's previous works. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's not as good as Inception. Well, yeah, because Inception was Inception. This is Tenet. Like, yeah. they're, they're nowhere... It's, it's one thing to compare the Batmans to each other mm-hmm. because they're meant to be together. Right. Inception, Interstellar, Tenet, Dunkirk, they're all totally different movies. In the sense that they each deal with own concepts. Inception's about dreams. Interstellar's about interstellar travel in space. Tenant's about time. Right. And then uh, Dunkirk's a war movie. Right. Like, yeah, there's... you can't compare them. Right, I agree with That's you That's not that. fair to him because he always does something different. He's not like your... You know, um, who would be a good example of somebody that keeps doing the same movies over and Pick a horror director. Bay. How about yeah, Bay? Michael, Michael Bay. Bay. Michael Bay's perfect point. <laughs> he keeps doing the movies. same bombastic crap over and over again. I love that crap. I'll watch that crap yeah. anytime. But it's the same thing. You know what you're going into when you go to a Bay movie. You're right. in there for explosions, hot girls in bikinis, and cars. That's it. it. That's what's going on. Nolan movies, you never know what you're going to get right. until you're into it. And you're like, holy oh, shit, it's this is a what Nolan. we got. Like, yeah. yeah, It's a Nolan-esque movie. Right. right. And that's, the, that's where you know I think people get crossed up Mm -hmm. is it's a nolan-esque movie you have to sit back and go okay in those nolan-esque movies he has a certain thing that he does and certain flares he makes his movies with yeah but they're different they're all different movies you know what like you said tantamount to nolan-esque for me a solid script a great concept and a phenomenal cast yeah those those are nolan-esque those are nolan-esque things to me yeah not did any of those three ever really line up with each other. I mean, he mm-hmm. typically does very different actors in all his movies, except right. for like one or I two agree. through lines, which is Michael Caine. At one point, it was Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Tom Hardy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he uses some actors multiple times. Correct. But he never uses the same one over and over and over again, except for Michael Caine. Right. Was Michael Caine in Dunkirk? 
No. Didn't see him in there. Yeah, Check it out. I'll have to look. Check I, it out. I don't remember. I have to watch Dunkirk I again. I've only watched it once. I really didn't think he was in Dunkirk. Uh, well, Kenneth Brana was in Dunkirk. Yeah. No, he so wasn't. So was Tom Hardy. Yeah, Tom Hardy was too, but yeah. uh, Michael Caine wasn't. That's surprising. Yeah. Okay. Well, Michael Caine's in most of his movies. Yeah. Tom Hardy's been in three of them. Right. Kenneth Brana's been in two of them. Mm-hmm. Just, so my point still stands is he doesn't keep using the same actors over and over. He always tries to change up, and his leading men are always different. Yeah. I mean, hell, even the prestige. I mean, the only one he's ever used more times as a leading man was Bane. Christian Bell, obviously, yeah, yeah, Bill. because Excuse of me. the fact that he was Batman three times, right? And he was in the Prestige, prestige. Exactly. but he shared that limelight with Hugh Jackman. Yes, he did. So it's That's an awesome movie. Oh, yeah, prestige movie. is so underrated. I could watch yes. that. That's a movie that you could watch multiple times and yeah. still catch very minute details over and over and over again. Right. Especially once you know the twist, you're like, holy shit! Like yeah. it just keeps it is, going. It's a crazy twist. That movie is baller. So, all right. Dunkirk. Not Dunkirk. (laughs) Tenet (laughs) is a phenomenal movie. Everybody should see it. If you don't feel comfortable going to the theaters to see it just yet, you could wait and watch it at home. Though, this is one of those movies that we do recommend to see in theaters because it lends itself to the big screen. It does. I mean, the the score, the uh, sound effects, the visuals do lend themselves to the big screen. Yes. I, I agree. You know, the the storyline and everything like that, uh, you know, he said it was, this is his version of a James Bond film. Oh, could you imagine if he got his hands on a yeah. Bond film? <laughs> but without, you know, with the Ooh. Nolan twists to it. Right. So, you know, it's it's a good movie to see. It I is. agree. I would, I, would, I would put that movie probably, I, I'd say a 7-8 on this one. Yeah, I'd give it an 8-3. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoy it, but I thoroughly enjoy all of Nolan's work. He's right. like he's for me director wise, he's top tier. Right, like it, for him, for me, it goes Nolan, Favreau, and then just kind of ticks on down from there. Oh, but those cool. are top two. I always anytime Snyder, like I'll put Snyder up there because everybody gives Snyder absolute shit. Right, but he tries so hard and he puts so much effort and so much thought into. Every visual, every everything he does, right. like there's so much in there. And part of Snyder's crap is he always gets cut down oh. quite a bit. Oh, the one part of the movie that I really enjoyed was a kitchen fight scene. Oh yeah, the kitchen fight scene was just inc- was great. Yeah, and you know, John, that's where you look at John David Washington and say, okay, he can play an action character. He will he play shit many things. Yeah. And, and, you know, with his acting chops in the other parts of the movie, the dramatic parts, the other just cerebral parts of the movie, man, the guy's a phenomenal actor. No, he kills it. Great. He really did kill it. And, uh, you know, I, I loved him in Black Klansman. Yes. And that's where oh, Nolan actually true. watched and decided to cast him into this movie. If you haven't seen that movie, you no. truly have to see that movie, <laughs> That's too. a must-watch. It is amazing. If you like John David Washington, it you gotta... It's, it's funny... But yet it's messed up all at the same time. Right. Like, they meant to play it on the humor aspect a little bit, but yes. they also meant to highlight that this is there's some fucked up shit that happens. Again, this. another good Topher Grace role. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He was. <laughs> that's goddamn. I'll never forget the ending to that movie. All right. Tenet, phenomenal. Yes, sir. Watch it. You know, uh, I don't think it's a huge risk to go see it in theaters. No. I've been to the theaters twice, and every time I went... I felt comfortable. There was, 
you know, no issues. Taken. Yeah, precautions. All that. Yep. Especially, where'd you go watch it at? Cinemark? Yeah. yeah. I went to Flix again, and they were also showing that they installed this new air filtration system. Right, okay. Just to be safe due to COVID concerns. Right. And I was Good like, deal. oh, cool. Like, yeah, right on. So, definitely go see it if you get the opportunity. Um, highly recommend it. You're yeah, not going to be disappointed. Too. Especially if you like Nolan's work. It's, it's, a, it's up there in the pantheon of awesome yeah, flicks. Yeah, it is, really. Now and I'm the performances, the performances by all the actors involved, top notch. Are part none. Yeah, yeah. Top they're notch. great. I'm curious to see how many copycats you're going to get trying to do the same thing now. Because every time Nolan puts out a movie like this, they always seem to try yes. to copy it. More I mean, like Dunkirk. Off. After Dunkirk, there was quite a few war movies that tried to capitalize on it. Again. Right. And the only one that came close to really parring it or even doing better was 1917. 1917 yeah. was a better movie. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I won't argue with that. 1917 was the bomb. I know you get super excited anytime that movie's good. It's a really good movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this movie. Next time we'll be doing Mulan. Yes. Sweet. So, I've been Kendrick. I've been Mark. And this has been Movies in Black and White. Thanks for listening. Peace.